Amen. I just appreciate the presence of the Lord in this place tonight, don't you? God is so good to us. I thought about that one song that Sister Melissa sang was talking about, how our debt has been paid in full. Thank God. I'm, I'm so glad for that tonight. I'm glad that my debt was paid in full. It was enormous, you know, but Jesus paid it all. Amen. Nobody else could do it, but Jesus Christ has done it. Thank God. So we're going to just share in the Word a little while tonight. Lord be willing to help us here. I've lost all my notes in the floor. I'm getting a good start, ain't I? Drop my glasses. I want to talk tonight for a little while uh, about the importance of God's Word, the importance of God's Word, and I feel like that importance is measured somewhat by value. How much tonight do we, how much value do we place on the Word of God? In our society today, there's, a, there's a, an enormous amount of people that assent, mentally assent, to knowing Jesus Christ, but their actions speak differently. Within our, within our government today and our legislative branch and, and, and on and on and on, even as high up as our, our Supreme Court, we have people that assent, mentally assent to the things of God, and they actually even claim to be Christians, but it doesn't seem to me like they place a whole lot of value on the Word of God. I see that continually. So I'm wondering tonight how much value that you and I place on God's Word. And, and what I would like to do tonight, I, I, I heard somebody say that Today's society is over-preached and under-challenged. I want to challenge us tonight to place value on God's Word. It is so important, and I'll show us in the Word of God tonight, if God will permit, just how important it is that we receive the Word of God down into our hearts not just have a mental ascent to the Word of God, but have God's Word buried deep within the most inner parts of our being. I, I found a, uh, I was looking through some of my old notes, and I found some, some quotes here by some historical figures. I, I wanted to just share a couple of these with you before we get started. Uh, First, I have a quote here by George Washington. Of course, everybody knows he's our first president, the father of our country. And this is what he said about the Word and about the Bible. He said, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. A man then that placed value, and I appreciate that. I appreciate people that place value on the Word of God. I get so tired of people that are running roughshod through our society today and they're, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're acting like or confessing to be Christians, but at the same time they're placing absolutely no value on the things of God. 
the 16th president of the United States was Abraham Lincoln, and he said this. He said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man, and all the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. Another one was Horace Greeley, and I'm, I'm going from presidents a little bit to a, you might not have never heard of Horace Greeley, but he was a famous publisher that published a major uh, newspaper in New York City. Imagine this now. I mean, the New York Times today is one of the most liberal papers that has ever been known to man. And here's a man that uh, uh, published a major paper in, in, in New York City back in the 1800s, and here's what he had to say. It is impossible to mentally or socially enslave a Bible-reading people. The principles of the Bible are the groundwork of human freedom. I feel the same way today. It's impossible to mentally or socially enslave a Bible-reading people, a people that it values the Word of God and dares to put the, uh, the Word of God deep down into our hearts. You can't enslave us. You'll never hold us down. I mean, the church of Jesus Christ is going to go on regardless. I mean, it's receiving a lot of opposition today in our society. I understand that, but I'm not a bit afraid. I thank God that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory, and the Bible said that every knee will bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's still Lord. He was Lord then when he was raised from the grave and seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Father gave him a name that's above every name. And he's still Lord today. He's still Lord today. One more, Douglas MacArthur. Everybody knows about Douglas MacArthur, Douglas MacArthur don't you? He was a leading general in World War II. He said, believe me, sir, never a night goes by be I ever so tired, but I read the Word of God before I go to bed. Isn't that amazing? A leading general during the, the, the conflict in World War II that was, was so devastating to so many lives, and he was one of the leading generals, I thought that was amazing, that he said, there's never a night goes by ever so tired, but what I read the Word of God. I read to you some men some historical figures, some of the founding fathers of our great nation that placed value on the Word of God. It was an important issue to them that they knew something about the Word of God. So tonight, I want to just challenge us here tonight that we, that we place value on the things of God, okay? The first place I want to go to is found in the book of James. I'm going to read uh, verses uh, 21 through 25. See, Ava's ahead of me. I'm going to put most of our focus tonight. I want us to, I want us to place it on uh, verse 21, but I want to read all of these. And I'm reading from the King James. So. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity, better understood as excess. 
of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. This might just be an old-fashioned Bible class tonight. I don't know. Some pretty stout scriptures here, aren't they? I mean, James, James is pretty, he's pretty stout on some of this stuff. He went on to say, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, the perfect law of liberty, the Scripture will liberate us. Amen. Whom the Son, the Bible says, has made free is free indeed. If there's any freedom in our life tonight, it's because we have received the engrafted Word of God deep down into the recesses of our heart, not in our head. So you don't receive God's Word in your head. You've got to get it down in your heart, right? So he said, Whoso looketh into the perfect, perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, being, a, being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, let's go back to verse uh, 21, if you will, Sister Raven. Just leave it up there and let's, let's, there you go, thank you. And let's teach from this just for a few minutes. I want us to, to look at the word uh, engrafted here. Engrafted is a word that also means implanted. It's implanted. He said, receive with meekness the engrafted or the implanted, another word I like real well, is called fixed. The fixed Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Now, let me just say this. We know there's a triune God, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At the same time, there is a triune man. Spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit. We are spirits tonight. We are spiritual beings, and we need to know that, right? We are spiritual beings. The spirit man lives on the inside of us. You know, we live in a body. We have a body. We, we, we live in the body. The spirit lives in the body, and we possess a soul. The spirit man also many times in Scripture is referred to as the heart of man. So here's what's important. In order to sustain the physical body, I must feed it. If I don't feed my body, it will become weak. It will become anemic. The same thing happens if I don't feed the spirit man. The spirit man on the inside of me has to be fed. And how is it fed? It is fed the Word of God. So if you and I are going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, we're going to have to put value on the Word of God and we're going to have to receive with meekness the engrafted Word of God and and, and cause it to be fixed 
within the human spirit. It's, it's in the human spirit that God's Word is effective. So here he says, if we will receive the engrafted Word in the human spirit, then he said, it is able to save your soul. Now we understand that the soul here is, is dealing with the mind. It's dealing with the will. It's dealing with the emotions. Actually, one translation I read, it actually deals with our everyday life. I mean, the engrafted Word of God placed within us or fixed within the human spirit is able to save our very life. So in other words tonight, church, whether or not you realize this, but you and I are living out of our hearts. We're living out of our hearts. Let me give you a scripture. Proverbs 4 and 23. Look at this. Keep or guard is a better word right there. He says, guard thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Now, why do you think even Solomon, all the way back in the book book of Proverbs, is instructing us here to guard our hearts because out of it are the issues of life? Let me read you that same scripture from the New Living Translation. I like this. Above all else, if you don't ever do anything else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart for it or your heart affects everything you do. The spirit man affects everything we do for it's out of the heart flows or springs forth the issues of life. So that's why it is so important that we receive with meekness the engrafted or the implanted Word of God and we fix it down on the deep inside of us and we guard it with our life because it has to do with everything we do in life. Let's look at a couple of things that it affects. It affects us mentally. We just, got, we just got through reading where it would save our soul, which is the mind. You didn't know that, that the word implanted in your heart would save your mind, did you? But it will. It'll save your mind. You keep putting it in your heart, it'll go to your head, Brother Brian. You don't receive it in your head, but if you put it in your heart and keep putting it in your heart and keep putting it in your heart, it'll go to your head. It'll change the way you think. It'll change your attitudes about things. It will affect our actions. It will affect how we act toward others, how we treat others, how we love one another. There's so many Christians today, I'll tell you what, they'll jump down your throat in a heartbeat. If you cross them the least bit, Brother Brian, they'll be all over you. I don't have a lot of word down in there. You know why I know that? 
You know why I know that? Because the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's inevitable. If you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. It's inevitable. You cannot control the tongue unless you have the fixed Word of God down in your heart. It's inevitable. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, brings forth good things. Amen? Out of the good treasure of the heart, he will bring forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasures of the heart, brings forth evil things. That's just the way it is. If you don't put it in there, it's not going to come out of there. So that's why I'm telling you and I that we've got to put some value on God's Word and start putting the Word in our hearts where it can do something for our lives. Is this, is this all right? It affects our actions. This is just a little bit out of line, but it also affects the way we pray. We got to pray the word. I, I've heard so many people say, uh, "Lord, if it be your will, would you save my poor lost son?" I mean, they don't mean anything by that. That's all they know about it, really. But that's the incorrect way to pray because the Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and, by, and with his stripes I'm healed. That sounds like a comprehensive package to me. Okay? So if he's already done all of these things, I know it's God's will. I know it's God's will to save my son. I know it's God's will to save your son. You don't have to pray, God, if it be your will. You just pray, Lord, I thank you that you're going to save him. I thank you that you've done more of the stripes for our healing. I thank you that you were wounded for my transgressions. So, Lord, I'm just claiming him. I'm just claiming him as it's already done. See, we got to learn how to pray, and we learn how to pray. we got to pray out of the heart, to be honest about it. As we put God's Word in our heart, we pray out of our heart. We pray the Word. That's the way we're going to get results. I'm convinced of that. So it, it, it affects the way we live. It affects our attitudes. It affects our everyday life. It really does. Turn with me to uh, Mark chapter 4. This is really going to get dicey now. <laughs> It's going to get serious now. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to begin in verse 14. This is a very familiar parable, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. 
It's the, par- it's the parable of the sower. And at the beginning of, uh, of the parable, Jesus said, listen. He said, a sower went forth to sow. And some of the seed fell on by the wayside. Some of the seed fell on stony ground. Some of the seed fell among thorns. And some of the seed fell on good ground. Now, here's what, you, here's what I want you to know. The effectiveness of the seed depends on where it is sown. Okay? If you sow seed on stony ground, it's not going to be effective. Right? If you sow seed among the thorns, it's not going to be effective. So remember, the the effectiveness of the seed depends on where it is sown. Now, let's begin in verse 14 as Jesus begins to explain this parable here. He said, the sower soweth the word. Amen. Thank God. He sows the word. And these are by, verse 15, and, thank you, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard Satan, notice this, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown where? In their hearts. The word was sown in their hearts, but Satan comes along and steals it. Now, why do you think Satan is so interested in stealing the word out of your heart? Because if he gets the word out of your heart, your life is going down the wrong way. Your life becomes ineffective. We can't function properly as the children of God without the Word of God deep down into our heart. So he comes immediately, and and don't ever think that Satan is not involved in your life in some way. He's always there trying to kill, steal, and to destroy, right? I mean, that's that's what he's out to do. I mean, here we are on our way to heaven, and he's trying to put up roadblocks to keep us from getting there. He's trying to cause our good days to become bad days. He's trying to turn our joy into sorrow. He's trying trying to turn my happiness into sadness, thank God. Jesus wants us to have the reverse of that. He wants us to have the Word of God within us where we'll have some power, where we'll have some anointing. Did you know the anointing and the power lies within the Word of God? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, and sometimes we leave part of this off, he said God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think according, see there, according to the what? The power that worketh within us. The power that's working within us is the Word of God deep down in our hearts. 
See, it's the faith that's down in us because the Word is down in us. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hmm. So Satan is desiring to steal the seed or the Word out of your heart. Let's look at the next one. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. Now this is where we can say a few things about spiritual growth. We got to have spiritual growth, church. We got to get rooted. We got to get grounded in the Word of God. I mean, I mean, we can't go forever. It's unnatural not to grow in the kingdom of God. I mean, it's, natu- it's a natural thing for everything in God's kingdom, even in His creation. It's a natural thing for things to grow. I mean, you plant a seed in the ground, it comes up and it grows. That's natural. When you and I get born again, when we become new creatures in Christ, it's a natural thing that we begin to grow little by little by little by little. If we reach a plateau in our lives, our spiritual lives become stagnant and we're miserable. So we got to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and we got to become rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Now I'm going to show you what will happen if you don't. He said they had no root in themselves and so they endure for a time. And afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for what? For the Word's sake. There he is again. That's Satan's involvement in your life. He's bringing persecution. He's bringing affliction against your life because you have the Word embedded in your heart. Isn't that amazing, Pastor Brian, that Satan knows what the Word will do if it gets in the human spirit? And he knows if he can get the Word out of your human spirit, you're going to become weak and anemic. Got to be fed. My lands, the human spirit's got to be fed. It'll become poor. I, 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 I mean, it, 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 it'll, just be, it'll, be, it'll, it'll become impoverished. We become so weak. I mean, a temptation will come along and we can't take it. An offense will come along and we can't take it. I mean, we'll, we'll be out of here. Somebody can say something a little bit wrong to you. You'll be out of here and gone. Because we're not rooted in God. We've got to get deeply rooted in God and grounded in the Word of God and value the Word of God. So when these afflictions and persecutions arise because the Word is in your heart, you won't stumble and fall. That's why we've got to grow, church. That's why we've got to grow. And there's no other way to grow. 
There's no other way for the human spirit to grow, Brian, as I know of. You, you might help me on this. I don't know of any other way for the human spirit to grow except it feeds on God's Word. You put it in there. You feed it in there. You cram it in there. And you cram it in there. Like I said a while ago, before you know it, it'll be going to your head. And it'll be getting in your mouth. And it'll be in your head. It'll be in your mouth. Instead of you going around talking negative all the time, you'll be talking positive stuff. Instead of you going around putting everybody down and criticizing everybody, you'll be talking about the good things of God. You'll be talking about the Word of God. You'll be talking about how good God is to you. I'm talking about getting the Word in your heart. Lord, I'm about to get excited about this. I don't know that I've ever seen anything so serious in the day and hour we live in. This is serious business. I, I, I mean, the thief is trying to destroy everything and everybody he can. I mean, our nation is in such of a divide today, it's unreal. And it just begins, it, it's just becoming worse and worse and worse. Why can't we just have some love and unity? Why can't we just love God, amen, and love one another? Thank God. But that which was sown on stony ground, I mean, they just didn't have no root in it. Didn't make no attempt. Listen, church, I, I, wish, I wish the place was full. I'll be honest about it. They might not want to hear me. You might not want to hear me. I don't know. But anyway, but anyway, if we don't, if we don't grow up in the Lord in these last days, we're not going to make it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So we become so offended. Immediately they are offended because they didn't have any root in them. Let's look at the next one. And this was an interesting one too. This one right here will really hit home. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that we allow the cares of this world, and, 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 and we're all guilty right here, I guarantee you. And the deceitfulnesses of riches. I'm going to say, I've got, I got to be real gentle right here, but I'm going to say something. If we place such a demand on our finances in this life that it's getting us off the Word of God, we better make some adjustments, Pastor. I mean, we've got people working seven days a week, 365 days a year, and they can't find no time for God. My Lord, friends, we, we got to find time for God somewhere. Of course, I'm retired now. It's not an issue with me. And when I was working every once in a while, I had to work a few seven days a week, but I sure didn't make it a habit. And I'm not saying, I'm not getting on nobody for working on Sunday because this day and time, people have all kinds of crazy shifts. 
That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm just saying if, if, if your lifestyle demands you to work so much that it's getting you away from God and off the Word of God, you better make some adjustments. You better make some adjustments somewhere because it'll lead you down to the wrong road. What did he call it right here? He called it deceitfulness of riches. They're so deceiving. You know, it's human nature, you know, for us to just want more and more and more and more. But we can't overload the apple cart, my friend. <laughs> Melissa, we can't overload the apple cart. I mean, we just can't do it. Because those kinds of things will get us off the Word of God. And there's nothing that Satan loves more than to get me off of the Word of God. If he gets me off the Word, he's got me. Because I will not be placing any value on the things of God and on the Word of God. I won't be placing any value on going to church. You know, people don't place no value on going to church anymore. We got to place value on getting in the house of God. Now, you know, everybody takes vacations. I do, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm not preaching on that either. People just lost their interest. There's no value there. So he said, here the cares of this world (laughs) and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things will what? It'll choke the life out of you. It it just will. (laughs) It will just choke the very life out of you. Remember we read back in Proverbs where it said, guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. We got to guard our hearts. We cannot allow the enemy to come right in and sit right down with us and steal the Word of God right out of our hearts. We cannot allow that to happen. The Bible said resist him and he'll flee from us. My lens, we're going to have to just take authority. We don't even really... Sometimes I don't think we understand the authority that God has given us. He's given us such authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And he said, nothing by no means hurt you. We're going to have to start using our authority, church. I'm serious. We're going to start using our authority. Let's look at the next one. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive the word and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now, there's the harvest of the heart right there. Good ground. We've got to prepare our hearts for good ground, and we can bring forth fruit. We cannot allow Satan to steal the word out of our hearts. Let's go to one more place. I don't know how long I've been up here. I'm going to go to one more, and I've got to show you this. Colossians. Mm-hmm. 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in if you're following Jesus, if you're following Jesus, you're following Jesus, you're following Jesus. He's not here. He says, right. walk in Him. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Rooted. <laughs> Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. There it is. Rooted. We've got to get rooted in the Lord, right? Now, this, this is really the verse I want us to look at, verse 8. Beware. Paul says right here, I'm sending out a warning to you. Lest any man spoil, a better word right there is rob. Men will rob you. Through what? Philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Philosophy, an interesting word right there. <laughs> I always like to look up definitions of words. When, you know, I really know what they are, but I just kind of like to look and see what they say. So I grabbed, I grabbed the iPad and I, and I looked up philosophy. Sister Renee... And I turned that thing back on. There must have been... There, I, I couldn't stood here till 12 o'clock tonight and read you everything on there about philosophy. There is so many philosophers in our society and there is so many philosophical ideas you would not believe. So I came up with one word. I wanted to make it very simple, so I came up with one word. What would you... Anybody want to guess what that one word is? Philosophy. Anybody want to guess? Theory. <laughs> Theory. I get so amazed at how the world has run after Charles Darwin's theory. <laughs> you know, a theory isn't based on anything. It's just some man's idea. So we've got these philosophical ideas out here, and Charles Darwin being one of them. And, you know, he, he, he's got this great explanation of how you and I became into existence. But that's all it is, a theory. Well, Paul here, anybody knows very much about Paul's writings? He went around establishing churches, and there were those people, Pastor Brian, that came right along behind him trying to tear him down. He went so far in the book of Galatians. He said, if, if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that which you have heard, let him be accursed. And he turned right around, Sister Melissa, and he said it again. He said again, if any man preach any other gospel than, which, than that which you have heard, let him be accursed. 
So even in the Apostle Paul's day, there were those that were undermining the truth of the Word of God. And Paul is saying here, beware, beware lest any man spoil you or rob you through philosophy and vain deceit. You know, I'm not going to follow after somebody's theory. I'm going to follow after the Word of God. The Bible said, let God be the truth. And what? Let every man be a liar. God is truth. The Word of God is truth. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with Him. There was nothing made that was made except He made it. Jesus Christ is the Word. But he says here, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. You know what vain deceit is? It's somebody that stands right up and makes you try to believe something that you know is false. Isn't that amazing? Well, I'll tell you what, I've had some, I've had some pretty good discussions in times past with people trying to make me believe something that I knew wasn't right. Have you ever encountered that? That is vain deceit and, and rudiments and tradition. Well, that's a good one, isn't it? Tradition of men. The Bible said, you know what Jesus said about the Pharisees? He said, you have taken your own traditions and you have made the Word of God, what? Of no effect. God's Word can't work among tradition. You might as well get all those traditional ideas out of your mind and put the Word in there. You can't go on what you've heard. You can't go on what your grandma thought. You can't go on what somebody else thought. You've got to go by what the Word says. The written Word. The logos, right? And then there's rhema. This is what's really important. The revealed word. The revealed word. When God reveals something to you, nobody's ever going to take it away. When God tells you something and you receive it right down into your heart, the rhema, the revealed Word of God, and you get it fixed down on the inside of you, there's no devil in hell that's going to take it away from you. I mean, that's just a fact. Thank God for God's revealed Word. We got to have it. We got to have it, church. We got to get the revelation of God. We got to get the revealed Word of God right down into our hearts so that when all of these philosophical ideas and these tradition of men and the rudiments or the principles of the world comes along, we won't be carried away or carried about by every wind of doctrine. Lord, our society today is so full of doctrine. Our churches today are so full of doctrine. I mean, God has placed a mandate upon whomever embraces this pulpit, Pastor Brian, whether it be you or me or whether you're out in the streets or whether you're sitting on a stump somewhere. If you're proclaiming the Word of God, there's a mandate on the preacher man to what? Preach the Word! Hmm. My lands, what a mandate 
I mean, that's the mandate that the Apostle Paul put on young Timothy. He said, you be instant in season and out of season. You reprove, you rebuke with all long-suffering and doctrine. But he said, preach the Word. Don't preach some tradition, but preach the Word. Such a compromise in our nation today, man. You ever, watch, you ever watch TV? If you watch some of the people on TV, some of the preachers on TV, it don't take you very long to find out just how much the Word has been compromised. Our nation has compromised the Word so badly. I mean, such, legisl- such laws the legislation have passed and the, the, the high court of the United States is backing it up. I mean, some of this stuff that's going on is an abomination in the very sight of God. At the same time, we've got churches that are accepting that as the norm. They're not preaching the Word. They're not valuing the Word of God. They're not valuing the truth of the Word of God. They're valuing numbers, (laughs) I guess. They're valuing numbers. I... I've got one more real quick. I know I've been up here a long time. But I, I want to give you this real quick in the book of Romans, and then I'm going to quit. Probably lost your attention by now. But I want you to see this one. Romans 12 and 2. Yes. Notice this. Be not conformed to this world. This world is controlled by a system. That's what the world is. It's a system. And you know who is over that system? The devil. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he's in charge of this world right here that you're talking about. He said, don't you be conformed to this world and the principles of this world. But he said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I'm going to ask you this. How are you going to renew your mind? Through the Word of God. That's how we renew it, man. That's, that's how we renew it. We get it in our heart. We get it in our heart. We get it in our mouth. We get it in our mind. We get it in our thinking. It's, it's like, it's like that, really, that really is talking about the metamorphosis process. But if you look that up, the transform there, the transformation, it's metamorphosis. But God's telling us here, don't be conformed to this world. I'll tell you the world to take in. The world to take in. Jesus wants you more. Amen. Jesus wants you more. Thank God. Pastor Brown, I'm going to turn it over to you, brother, if you will. Let you come and...